Let's talk. This podcast featuring three black women talking about our perspective on life and all that happens in it and through it from marriage, sex, politics, and culture while providing laughter, information, and encouragement over great food and drinks. Sis. Go ahead, queen. Listen. Let's talk. So let's get started with our break room conversation for today. What we have today, um, Crystal? All right, so you know, it's October the 27th, and next week is kind of like, <laughs> it's a big week it for is. everybody. I think a lot of people are um, on pins and needles. Some people have some undue anxieties about what's going to come. Some people getting their ball gowns together. Some people going grocery shopping thinking it's the end. It's the apocalypse about to come. <laughs> some people getting their guns together. Getting like CC over here. That's, That's right. When they That's got right. a gun license. That's right. <laughs> I'm getting ready. So, you know, next week is the election. It's a, a big, you know, big ordeal. You got some people getting, you know, their kids turning 18. It's their first time voting. I know as far as me, I have an 18-year-old. It's his first time voting. So, I, you know, he's in college, but I made sure I got his absentee ballot. And, like, listen, we're going to do this vote together on the phone. We're going to send this vote in. Um, but I know a big issue um, that a lot of people don't understand and it's that don't get it you know, and they didn't really pay attention to it until they got their ballots that got mailed in. It's this whole Kanye West being on the ballots. Um, mm-hmm. You got people all over in different states, and his name is just all over the ballots. Like, he is in certain states, he's a president um, candidate. And then in the state of California, he is uh, a vice president candidate so it's like how does he how is he able to be on the ballot in all these states um in different parties running for president on one running for vice president on the other so you know of course me i'm like well let me do some research on this because i never heard of a candidate running for president and vice president like this is ridiculous is this even legal at the same time at the same time and i wasn't even aware until you brought it to our attention during one of our conversations at lunch because i know in maryland he's not on the ballot in maryland and nor would i ever write kanye's west name on my ballot right because in the state of maryland you could write his name in on the ballot so when I, i did my research and she came with receipts. I came with receipts because <laughs> I'm not going to be honest. My talking about something and I ain't have my receipts. I can't just be out here talking about So I did my, you know, research. And as of yesterday, October the 26th, there were 1,224 candidates that registered with the Federal Elections Commission to run for president. 1,224 candidates. And okay? that's all over the world? Well, in the, the United, United States, States, in the United in the United States, States. all the different parties. Of course, I research all the parties, the political parties, hundreds of political parties. OK, so in the state of California, Kanye West is under the American Independence Party. Um, they named West as the vice president alongside peak this <laughs> an, an independent presidential candidate. Her name is Rocky De La Fuente. And guess what? She just a, she owns a car dealer. So these are the people that they putting up for like candidacy. Beep, beep, who got the cars to the Jeep? Yes. <laughs> a car dealer. Oh like God. no experience in politics or nothing. I said, okay, this is people. So let me tell you, it's all it, it's it's crazy. So that's in the state of California. But he was able to get on the ballots in I want to say 11, 11 states. He was able to file for independent um, in eleven states. Um, 
actually no five states but 11 states he is still an application process but now it did pass so you're able to write him in he wasn't able to get on the ballots for um 30 states and still he missed the deadline for 25 states for them to write him in but you could write him in in 25 states so people this is this is my dilemma and this is what this is the point i want to get into and we can have this discussion despite the mathematical impossibility of him getting 270 electoral votes needed to win, right? They still allowed him to run for president. And according to what I read, they know he's not going to win presidency. But let me tell you, you know how much all it takes for him to mess up Biden's chance to become president? 2%. 2%. 2%. So what that sounds like to me is they wanted to divide the black vote because they think black people only vote Democrat. So if we can get some people to follow Kanye, then that takes away votes from Biden. Hmm. It can inflict damage, definitely, on Biden. Yes. And I think it's sad. I think it's sad. Mm. But you know what? It is Money talks. Kanye West, $6.8 million dollars. He put up for his his candidates his his whole campaign six point eight million. And that's of his own money. His own money. And what is his platform like? I haven't heard anything on his platform. What he wants to do, what he's going to do. To me, this is just divisiveness. So they wanted to further divide the black mm-hmm. people. So you have some people that will vote Republican. Some people are going to vote Democrat, and then some people are going to vote for Kanye. And they're only voting by name. Like like what Nicole's saying, what's his platform? Because anytime when you hear Kanye's name, you're not hearing any platform that goes along with Kanye. It's just Kanye's running for president. Nor have we seen any, like I haven't seen any commercials for Kanye, anything. Because it's not meant for him to win. Like why right. do all that you know you're not going to win? But you know, one of the, when I was reading up on it for real, like one of the uh, platforms they said that he really like focused on is that whole anti-abortion type thing. That's really like the only thing. And it kills me. You got men making decisions for um, us women. Like, I don't need no man to make no decision for me. And that was his <laughs> only platform? That, I mean, it's more, but that was one of the, the main, main major ones. ones. The major ones. So, yes. Girl, I got to sip something to this. Because I can't. <laughs> you know. I just can't believe Come on, this. queen. Take your sip, queen. <laughs> Take your sip. sip. Okay, sis. Take a sip. <laughs> Because we're trying I, to listen. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, crazy. I, I understand. It goes along with uh, the next topic that we'll be bringing up with that, with Ice Cube. So you bring the Ice Cube with the black contract into this as well. So now you also have uh, Kanye and you have Ice Cube. And then you have the Democratic Party. So what they're doing is trying to make black people choose. Are we going to go, oh, I respect Cube. I'm going to go with Cube. So Cube is saying he's working with mm-hmm. Trump. I'm going to vote this mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. But then you mm-hmm. got people say, I think neither one. They both crazy. They no one. They're not for us. So mm-hmm. what do they do? They go and they vote for Kanye. And then you have the people who then go vote for Biden. So what do we do to bring us together? And that's not what we see. We see more divisiveness. Right. I mean, but see, and the thing with Ice Cube is a lot of people are criticizing him because they're saying, well, how come he didn't do this before the election? Why didn't he he have this platform before the election? And a lot of people feel like um, President Trump is using him, like you're saying, to divide the black vote. But the, when I dug down and today when I was reading on it, 
the truth of the matter is that he couldn't have really had this platform for him before because it wasn't until George Floyd's death. So not until like May when all of this came about for him. And he actually is not even the, like the founder for this um, contract with Black America. It's actually his name is Mr. Hamilton and he's a professor um, for Ohio State. Mm. So he is really the creator of this contract. I just think like you're saying, they're using Ice Cube as the spokesperson for this contract. Mm. Um, because if we said, well, a professor from Ohio State, it's not going to get as much news and coverage. Versus if we say, okay, this is what Ice Cube is doing and he's working with Donald Trump. Now everybody's covering it. When I first saw it, I think it was last week when we were talking about it at lunch, he was on CNN and he was very upset with Chris Como because he was saying, well, you know, you're saying that I'm, I'm picking sides. Mm. And he's saying that, hey, I'm not picking a side. It was just that Donald Trump wanted to, um, he wanted to speak to me and Biden said after the election. And so he he chose to talk to Donald Trump now. But like you were saying, Nicole, it really makes no sense. The timing, I think, is what people are really upset about. Yeah. When we talked about this earlier, my take on this was Ice Cube. Now, I'm just a little baby, you know, so I don't know much about Cube's music. <laughs> but Okay, Queen. However, <laughs> there used to be this group called N.W.A., and they used to have a song that says, Blank the Police. And they talked about police brutality and all these things back then. That had to be like 80s, mm -hmm. 90s, early mm -hmm. 90s. Um, so to say that, you know, now it was just when George Floyd happened. No, we he could have been working with a black contract with someone to do that a long time ago. So I think to have the contract was great. The timing was off because we could have had... You know, I gave both of them a plan. I want both of them to talk about it. Talking with Trump now does no good if Trump loses because everything that he's promised you goes away with his administration. However, Biden took a different route, which I think was better, which means, okay, I want to think about it. I want to give it the time and the attention that it needs. And then we'll come back and talk about it after the election so that we can make some revisions, we can tweak it and make it work better for the black community. And I think that's what we should have done. Yeah, that's that. It's, it's, it's deep. It's deep. This is this, all of this is deep. And it's like, even with the whole, um, everybody doing an early voting. And I don't know, for some reason, I've never like paid attention to the whole early voting. I always was the person that went on the day of election to vote. Mm -hmm. For some reason, this election, everybody's like, low. we got to get out and vote. I don't know if because people just want to get Trump out so bad and they're focused on we got to get out and vote. I mean, people like have voted, early voted in September. Um, you know, and I'm thinking my only question, you know, my only question is, do we really have that many people that's still on the fence? Like, really, looking at, the, the, at Trump and what we've been through with the, you know, with coronavirus and everything like that, why is it still people on the fence on who they want to vote for president? That is just beyond me. Like, I think most people are still on the fence because some people think that Trump's plans are good, but that his character is horrible. So that's why you have so many people that are still on the fence about voting because, oh, I think he's tough on, on crime. I think he's helped black people or I think uh, the economy is great. Or I think his tax cuts are good. And he's pro-life as well. So I think that's a big thing for a lot of Americans is the pro-life 
but I'm like Nicole. Some of the things, he might have some good policies, but I think his character, it definitely, for me, it just wipes out all the good. Because you can make all the money you want, but if your character, if, if I tell my kids, and, and I think someone said this the other day on TV, and as a matter of fact, I think it was President Obama, he said that we would not tolerate that type of behavior from anybody else. So in other words, if if I make you rich, right, but mm-hmm. you can go cut someone out or, or even for your kids, if your kids had a lemonade stand and you had two kids and one kid was rude and ignorant and you had another kid that was polite and they were so who would who would you buy the lemonade from? And I think that for Trump, a lot of people are drinking the lemonade and they don't care about. The, the effects of the lemonade that how you drinking. pour it, how you right. hand it to me, how you right. take my money, it doesn't matter. To it's me. just because the lemonade tastes good. It's sweet, hmm. and it's it, it's something that's going to quench my thirst. We we don't think about the greater good of our children or our children's children. And I think for me, that's that's one thing for this election. Um, that's think that's why it's so important because these next generations, we have to be thinking about them. We have to be thinking about not just now. You know, this is this is a lasting effect that's going to it's going to take some time. Like, I think even for people who voted for him, they voted because they didn't want another woman or they didn't want a woman or another African-American in in the office. So they voted for him. And now he's here. And I think if he does another four years, Lord knows what's going to happen because he won't. He has nothing to lose. At least he could be a little bit um, censored because he knew he had to run again. You know, it's funny that you say that. Um, because I was thinking to myself this morning when I was getting ready for work, I was like, gosh, what if he do get another four years? Because that, like, watching the news, I'm, even though you see, like, blue all over and you, like, Biden is winning, all, it's still, you know, you never know with, with the election. Until election day. Until election day or a little bit after, you know, who's going. And I'm like, you know what, what if he do get another four? And part of me is like, it's no way he could be the same man. He gotta, with everything that's happening, he gotta change. But can you? Do you think he's capable of? I don't think he's around? capable of changing because I think he enjoys the attention and the power. It's kind of like he is who he is. He is who he is, and he's gonna continue to be that way. And he's gonna continue to be that way because no one is checking him on it. No one is saying, "Hey, we need to do this different." Everybody's like, "Well, you know, he's great. He's this and he's that." But that brings me into what um, the conversation that I wanted to, to bring. How do we save ourselves? Mm-hmm. As the black community, we are very emotional. Oh, my God. We're emotional people. So we go off of, oh, God, we're going to vote for him and we're going to do this. And he does this. And they give us this Sunday morning pulpit, mm-hmm. old school Baptist preacher type of, and yeah, and we get and we get all riled up. But then what was the meat of it? Mm-hmm. So y'all know I'm like an old school church girl. I was raised in church. So I, I, I know mm-hmm. growing up in church is a lot of how I think the black community is. And it hurts us. It means that we get up on a Sunday morning. The preacher starts to preach. He usually starts out with his scripture. This is what the scripture is. This is what the title is going to be. And then he goes in and he starts to teach. And then he goes into what we call a hoop and a holler. Mm. And then it's like we get get them all riled up and it's all inspirational. And it's like, we're going to go and we're going to do it. And then we're going to go through the water. And then we're going to do this. And then we're going to be flying. And yes, that's what we're going to do. And so it sounds good. It makes us feel mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. But then when you get out, sis, 
Listen, church was good today, girl. Okay, but I wasn't there today. So what was the message about? Because mm, I missed it. Oh, he came out of, uh, what was the book? Mm -hmm. Girl, I don't know. It was good. He really preached today. Mm. And I think that's how we look at our candidates. We need to be able to be less emotional. And then we need to be more uh, informational. Mm -hmm. What is it that you want to do? So as we've talked, let's talk about how we started this podcast in the beginning. Mm -hmm. We started with being at work. Mm -hmm. We all started at the same time and uh, well, around the same time. And we started to have lunch together mm -hmm. and we started to have all these different conversations. It was amazing. It was great. And we said, let's have a podcast. So we called the break room conversations because it was at lunch. And my perspective has always been the same thing. How do we save ourselves? Let's talk about how we get changes for our community. Getting changes from our community is not going to come from the president. It comes mm -hmm. from our local officials. Who do we who do we vote for for city council, for your mayor, for your aldermen, all these other governors, things like that? What are we doing for what What are we doing for them? What What are we holding them accountable for? Mm -hmm. We just put them in office because they're red or blue. Mm -hmm. And so I remember when um, Crystal first came to start working and she was like, yeah, this is a Democrat area. And I was like, I'm neither Democrat nor Republican. Mm -hmm. Why do we do that? Why do we just guarantee that they're going to get a blue vote? Mm -hmm. It should be, no, this is what I think we need to do. Mm -hmm. um, so it brings me into a few things. I think for me, education is big. We can't wait for the government to come down and to save our communities, to save our schools. What we need to do is start to save ourselves. Um, we start to work communities, work the programs, come up with the programs within the communities. We get them to work. Now, not every, everyone can't be foot soldiers down there doing it. We do need people up to make the laws. But by the time the laws come on the books and they're out, We've already mastered the program because we've been doing it for two or three years or, or five years, however long it takes. It takes a while most of the time to get something pushed through Congress and to make it a law and a bill. We need to help ourselves. Education. We talked about this earlier over lunch. And I said, what are the top, what are the top things that the black community is known for in America? And what do we say? And I said sports and music. Sports and music. Yet, all of the the major um, sports agents, all of the uh, music industry, most of it, the companies, they're owned by white people. Uh, most of the time, we get taken advantage of. Now, I'm not saying that black people don't take advantage of other black people, but what I'm saying is a lot of times we get taken advantage of because we don't know, we didn't read the contract. It was really big back in the 90s when mm -hmm. you see a lot of, um, a musician, artist. oh yeah, yeah, they got Tony taken Braxton for the money. did, uh, but TLC. she was with Babyface now, so oh yeah, Pebbles, they, they and TLC, <laughs> TLC, Pebbles. yeah, Pebbles got Pebbles got a few people, Pebbles got Shout out the Pebbles, <laughs> Queen, you got a few people, you did, <laughs> yeah, yeah, my yeah, yeah she, TLC, uh, yeah, she got a few, she yeah. got a few, so we we have to have education. For me, education is essential. So we should be giving money. We have how many black millionaires, billionaires? Well, not that many billionaires, but lots of millionaires. Why is it that we have education, education systems in our culture that are still failing? And I think it comes to us being selfish. Well, I made it and I give to this charity and I give to that charity. But 
that only helps a certain amount of people. If we want to have generational education, knowledge, and wealth, we have to start giving back to our own communities. Meaning that if you have $500 million and you have $500 million and I have $500 million and we are from the same area, we're going to say, okay, we're going to give to all of the low-income schools. That's what I would do. Give to all the low-income schools to make sure that they have the books, the technology, everything that they need to be on the same page or at the same level with other schools. But why do you think as a culture we don't do that? Because a lot of times what you're saying is you have these athletes, musicians, I mean, even, and I even say even, I don't want to call us normal people because not the athletes and musicians aren't normal people, but everyday working people. Um, but we'll move into the suburbs. We don't, we don't want our children going to the socially economically poor schools. Correct. You know, when I pick, when we, cause we you know we're military. So when we move around, we always try to pick a school that is in a good area. Right. Right. So of course, where's my taxes going to go? My taxes are going to where I live at. So I think that it's easy to say we should be pouring our money into these areas, but a lot of times we're not living in these areas. And I know a lot of stars, basketball players, they do give back. You know, LeBron James, I know he did build, he's doing a school. He's yeah, sending he people school. to college for free. Oprah took her money over to Africa. I never understood that. Um, I'm not saying that she shouldn't build a school in Africa, but I thought there are so many schools that are failing here. Why not help them? But what I think happens is one problem is we like to make a lot of people sheroes, heroes, and put them out to be these public figures when they're not that. Just because I know how to play basketball very well or I know how to run track or play football or sing doesn't mean that I need to be up and speaking and doing all these things. Sometimes what that means is I want to support a good cause. Mm -hmm. And I want Crystal is very good at speaking. She has a great plan. So I want to put resources behind her plan. And then I want to go and say, hey, I'm working with um, this, this charity, or hey, this charity is great. They're here to do this and put her up to speak. Not me. I shouldn't be up speaking because that's not my thing to do. So we try to make people into people to, to be a certain thing that they're not. We need to meet people where they are, help them to be better, but don't make them be something that they're not. So when I talk about that, we need to bring um, technology back to the school's books, trade programs. So um, when I was younger growing up, I had three aunts. Um, they all knew how to sew. They sewed their own wedding dresses. They sewed their bridesmaids' dresses. They sewed all the time. So, But they went to trade school after. Now, they didn't all have that. They didn't work in that trade afterwards, but they were able to work in it for a while to do something to make side money. We don't have that in the black community. So when people, we graduate our children. You know, it, you know and it's funny that you say that because... Um, you know, I grew up in D.C., and um, I came up in the era, like, I would say, like, the 80s, 90s time, and we had uh, trade high schools. Oh, yeah, we had home day. economics. And they, they had nursing, yeah. nursing schools. They yep. had, a, they had a, a high school in D.C. that was solely for nursing. They had where you could be a cosmetologist, Yeah, we, had, we called it tech school where and I'm I from. think it, it, it stopped after, like, when it came to budget. The budget in the school system. When the budget money stopped coming, that was the first thing to get cut. But not those. sports. No. Sports is never no. the first thing. 
And I think that when, again, when we're tying this all into the election, like Nicole was saying, I think that it's important when we're voting for individuals, because like what I did for the first time, and it, it stemmed from our conversation that we had from lunch, I started looking and researching the individuals on the ballot. Yes. So instead of just doing what I normally, because I've been voting since I was 18 and I'm 46 now. I think I'm 46. Yeah, I'm 46, <laughs> I think. Um, my sister registered me to vote. I remember my first time going to vote with my sister. And I remember I picked Republican. Mm-hmm. I didn't know which, you know, nothing about the parties. I just picked Republican. Um, and so when I went to vote, they were like, okay, you're Republican. And I was like, no, I'm Democrat. And they were like, no, ma'am, you pick Republican. So I think that, like what you're saying, Nicole, instead of, especially for African-Americans, for black, instead of just saying, okay, we're tied to a party, and I think that's a lot of what Ice Cube and his contract with Black America, that's what they're saying. We have to start making the individuals that are running for office earn our vote. Because, again, a lot of times when you have Democrats, they will, you know, I think that for me, that was what, did it for me with Hillary. When she got on a stage with Beyonce and Jay-Z, it was almost like, okay, you're doing too much. You know, this is not your normal thing. You're just doing too much for me. So I think that, what, like what you're saying, make them earn our vote. Vote on what's important to us. If um, generational wealth is important to us, as a candidate, you need to show me how you're going to make generational wealth in my community that I live in. So I started looking at the, I went through each candidate and I looked at each candidate, not voting by party, but by what matters to me. Even for school boards, like you're saying education, it's important who we put on a school board. And I think a lot of times we, I don't discount, like when people say, oh, like what you were saying about the local, I think it is important to vote local, but I think they go hand in hand, the local and the primary go hand in hand for when you vote for the president because the president appoints judges. He does. Those all, they all work work together. But for immediate change, you have to start with your local officials because they are the ones who are in your area or in your state or in your city. So they don't have to go by so federal guy. Like they can make their own laws within the city. Not now some things you cannot, but I can say, well, we want to do this with the school board. So this is the way that this school board is ran. These are the, the type of classes. So usually they give you a guideline of you have to have this many English, this much math, this, 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 this. Those are the standards. It doesn't tell you how you have to get to those standards. But when the money is allotted, who who's allo- who's who's giving out the money? The federal government or the local government? When you have a school, and so you have one school that's, Affluent, so you have one school that the resources are being poured into. Like even if we talk about the COVID, let's think about the COVID and how many students didn't have computers, right? How many students didn't have internet? So now you want to send hundreds of thousands of kids home to a home that's not even adequate to be taught in. So guess what? Those kids are going to fall behind. It's not our kids. You and know, you know who I'm gonna give a good, a big shout out to though, and I'm I'm, I'm gonna say this. The D9. Like, I mean, I've seen, and when I say D9, I mean the black Greek organizations, okay. mm-hmm. fraternities and sororities. I've been at school board meetings, and I've seen some organizations there representing, trying to get change for these kids, um, having fundraisers uh, to get laptops for these kids. 
um, all kinds of stuff, like educational programs. Like, I can't say they have been trying to make some type of change and difference in some of these uh, Title I schools. So in the state of Maryland, we call them Title I, the low-income mm-hmm. schools. We call them Title I. Um, and they do go into the schools and have they have different um, programming that they do on an educational development level with the kids, trying to do, um, you know, reading things and math. They got math programs. So, I, you know, they try to give back and try to do some type of um, career thing for, uh, like, offenders coming out of jail. I've seen them do, like, you know, but job that's based locally. Like, that. like, that's mm-hmm. here in your area. Mm-hmm. I'm from Memphis in Tennessee. Now, of course, my husband's military. We've moved around a mm-hmm. lot. But growing up, I don't remember those programs, those Being people in coming community. in. No. Mm-hmm. So, like, for me, I keep saying, why are we waiting on other people to mm-hmm. save us when we can save ourselves? There's more than enough mm-hmm. wealth in the black community to say that every year. And I'm pretty so sure they I get a tax write. So when you say right. save ourselves, I look to those organizations like the NAACP or the Greek organizations yes. or um, National Coalition of Negro Women. Like, all, <laughs> all these different organizations, I look to them, like, when you say save ourselves, like, but those, you know. I don't, I think their funds are limited. Everybody's funds are limited because no one can just pour out money. Mm-hmm. But if we're in a room full of millionaires mm-hmm. and they all, we said we're going to donate a million dollars each. If that's a hundred of us, it's a hundred mm-hmm. million dollars. But this all goes back to, and I'm going to be frank, how I'm going to get my, how I'm going yes. to get right. satisfied. Like I'm giving my million dollars with my tax break. So yeah. you don't have people that's willing. And I'll be honest with you, if I'm a millionaire, if I'm gonna give up a million dollars, girl, I need to see that on my taxes. Like, exactly. I, I believe mean, that it so could some be people, written off. Some some of the stuff you can't because are these programs you give it to? Is it a five hundred one c three that I can write it off? See, right. but I you like know? to go one one step further, though, Nicole, because I I think that what you're saying, I like it, but like Crystal's saying, to me, if we still wait on the millionaires, I think we could be waiting forever. How come? I know there was. I don't exactly. know what. What group it was? I should have looked at it before we came, but it was the group of people who brought the land. They yes. all got together and they brought yeah, in land. Georgia. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking to myself, like Crystal saying, why does it have to be million? Because like when we went, I went. Me and my sister in law went on the march in um, downtown DC. But one of the question that my brother in law asked us, he said, "Well, how come y'all didn't go to Chicago? You know where we're killing each other. Why you didn't go there?" And I'm saying, well, because I don't live in Chicago. I live here. So I think that, yes, we could have stars and people. But I'm like, Crystal, there's enough sororities. For t- there's enough educated. Because, no, I don't, I don't make millions of dollars. But I think if we, if we collectively said, hey, we're going to put our money together. We're going to start educating our children. Because, honestly, think about when you was in high school. Mm-hmm. Did, I didn't pay attention to government. I just know that the president, he can't make the laws. You know, I just didn't pay attention. I should have paid more attention. We all should have paid a little bit more attention, yes. We should have. (laughs) But I think that it starts there by educating our children about the system that we live in. So I I do, when I got into it, and I'm going to research some more, but I like this contract with Black America, honestly, because... I'm going to have to dig into that. Because it really focuses on the things that you're saying in the areas such as, like, banking... Justice, policies, mm-hmm. education, finance, the way that we're depicted in Hollywood, and then systems um, reper- reper- 
reparations. That's mm-hmm. the word, reparations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But he was saying that those things work collectively. So it's not like, like we're so focused now on like, and nothing wrong with Black Lives Matter. Like I said, I was down in D.C. marching. Now, is that Black Lives Matter, the organization, or just saying Black Lives Matter, matter period? Black Lives Matter, period, the march. So I don't think the or when I went to D.C., I don't think that because it was collectively like there were white people, Asians, black people. I mean, everyone was down there. But I think that what we're so focused on is just focused on police reform. Mm, yes. We think that that is just the topic now. Mm-hmm. It's a trick to me. It's it's more confusion. It throws more into it because there are other things besides police brutality that hurt the black community. Uh, like I go back to again. Why don't we have um, sports age, black sports agents? Why don't we have more black sports owners? Why don't we have all of the the producers? I think we should start that in elementary school, like I was telling you. You start, you say, hey, you, you send them, they do tests. You have the athlete and you have a student uh, agent where we teach them. You have the agents that come in, they train them, they teach them. You have, they're teaching the um, athlete, how not to get taken advantage of. These are the questions you ask. This is what makes a good agent. So what you do is you start to train them. A lot of these kids will go through high school, I mean, through elementary, middle school, mm-hmm. and high school together. So you said, this is my student agent. Mm-hmm. So if you want me to go from your high school, you got to talk to my student agent. Mm-hmm. What are we doing? Preparing them for the future. So when they get ready to go to the NFL, I, I, I already know what I'm going to school for because I've been doing something. this. That's a good idea. But let me tell you what bothers me, though, sometimes. I had um, participated in um, where we had to call people from different professions to come talk to young guys. Mm-hmm. It was getting those professions to come. Mm. Yes. you know, Like, it was hard. Yes. Like, how you not want to come and talk to um, young black boys about the things that you do? Because we selfish. Right. Yeah. Because they're it's like, crazy. I had to work. And again, it's like, how we, we trying to save each other. We right. need you to come. But we don't like, want to like say. pulling teeth. Right. And I think that it goes back to what Nicole was saying is that we want the politicians, we want people to save us. Yes, instead of saving us. And mm-hmm. I can tell you the impact because I just, the other, last week, I just talked to a group of students mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, um, about the profession of social work. And I can tell you it was, it was life changing mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. um, to hear future social workers. Crystal and, it, well, we're both Crystal. They call mm-hmm. me Cece, but um <laughs> We're both social workers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was profound. But like you're saying, why don't we do more of that? Because I, I, I'm i still saying to myself, if we want to build the black family, we need to start with our men. To me, because that's the heart of our family. But we don't do that. We build up our women. We have a lot of programs for women. Yep. And so when we're talking to politicians to me, these are the things that we should be addressing as as a black mm-hmm. culture. How do we get our black men out of jail? Exactly. How and do that's we teach this, them how to? That's, that's in all, here. Yeah, yeah, it's on my plans. Like yeah. over here. Well, I, let's find it over here. Yeah. Um, in I this contract, the, go ahead. The black guys. Well, I said we need to fund fund pro, programs to educate and strengthen, encourage black men. Um, they took. They played a big part in taking our men away from us. So they need to play a big part in helping bring them back. And then we also need to t- change the image. Mm-hmm. Not every black guy is walking around throwing the ball, catching the ball, rapping. Some of them are just hardworking, loving men. And not every man is making babies all over the world and or wherever and leaving the woman to take care of them. But we need to change the perspective. Mm-hmm. 
before you can before you can start to love someone else, you have to love yourself. Mm-hmm. Before you expect someone else to be nice and kind to you, you have to be nice and kind to yourself. We have to. There's a lot that we need to do for ourselves. Education is one. Mental health programs. We have a lot of mental health in the black community, and we don't we don't address it at all. We need to have those programs available so that stigma of black people don't go to therapy. We need to we need to change that. Mm-hmm. We need to teach them about the government, what they're doing, mm-hmm. politics. What does it mean? Start, uh, what do you call, uh, Wall Street. We need to start teaching them how to do stocks oh, yes. and bonds. How do we do that? We don't need to go out and buy Birkin bags. We don't all need to have <laughs> Girl, I'm sick. I am so sick of them ugly at, ooh, sorry, I can't say that. I'm so sick of them You bags. can say it, Queen, say it. Listen. <laughs> Girl, like, I'm like. That packs are hideous. But we, and those are the things, again, I think as a black culture, right, mm-hmm. we need to be talking to our politicians. Mm-hmm. You know, this this talk that we're doing is is all about elections and, and what it is, because it's more than just going into that, that um, booth or the absentee and picking a name. We need to hold these elected officials accountable. And guess what? Even in the Congress, because you have people like one thing that Donald Trump said was that Biden, he's a 40 something year career politician. Yep. But we haven't seen change within our community. Why is that? Because we don't see our politicians in our communities, but every two or four years. Let's hold these politicians accountable. If we want the type of change that we're saying we want, criminal justice. You know, um, in Ice Cube's in this contract for black Americans, it talks about eliminating mandatory minimum sentences, the three strike rules. Yes. Um, While we have 30 percent of our U.S. inmates are black when we're only 13 percent of the population. Exactly. Privately owned, ran prisons. You know, he's saying that they should be banned and prisoners shouldn't be made to work. You know, it's like modern day slavery. Yes. You, you, we imprison our black males, and then we make them work for for pennies on a dollar. Yeah. So, these are the questions. So, like Nicole keeps saying, it was really profound for me when we met, and she, and we would start talking about these things at lunch. And she was saying, you know, and and she was, you know, I think it takes courage as a, a black person to say I'm not Democrat or Republican because. Most of the time we we say, you know, either most some people are Republican, which is fine if you are. But we, we only affiliate with two, two, two parties. parties. And so I thought it was bold. And she did make me think, OK, Crystal, who are you giving your vote to? You're not just giving your vote to anybody. You need to make sure that when you're voting, your vote counts. And I think, like I said, for me, Ice Cube, a lot of people... Um, downed him. Again, it might have been timing. Okay, yes. But I think that when dig deep into what this contract for black Americans is really about, because I think if you get down to the meat of it, it really makes sense. And, it and you know, it's not just voting right now in the, on November the 3rd and then we're done with you. No, we're going to start holding you politicians accountable. And guess what? If you don't do what we need for the black community, you're not going to be a career politician. We'll vote you out. Yeah, what I've said is that we need to have our own town hall meetings for every governor, mayor, president yes. election. The, they should be on a third grade level. So those who are not, you know, as educated as others, they can understand it. We can ask questions. 
They can't come in and say, well, you know, give us all this political talk. I need you to talk to us in a third grade language that usually people can understand that. We need to do that. We also need to start to uplift ourselves. Stop putting the negative images of our black people on TV. Like, let's we can we can control that on BET and other things that we do. And we need to strive to, for excellence for ourselves. I'm we, with BET right now. I don't have time for that. <laughs> Where I don't really watch it. Why you been with them? No, no, because you know you don't part of the D9 crew. But they put up, uh, um, I guess they oh, did the black yeah. homecoming thing, and they put up, like, all the symbols for the D9. They got a couple of them wrong, and they're mm. like, it be your own people. <laughs> you know? It be your own people. <laughs> no. It be your own people. It be your own people that don't want to see you do better. It be your own no. people that talk about you. Yeah. Like you try to do something positive, and they'll yeah. say, oh, she didn't got so big, now she thinks she all that. Ugh. No, sis, I'm just trying to help you out. Right, and that's the problem. We don't want to work together. And I think, like I said, when I went down downtown D.C. with my sister-in-law, and we were able to see all races, all ages, um, men, women, um, Marching. I'm glad y'all experienced it. It, it, it was just. It really was. It was. You know, I had to go when it was, it was not as rowdy. You know, the first day I was. You know, I was all for the for the marching. The rah rah. So they started. You know, spraying them and stuff <laughs> like that. Then I said, Nah, let me let me wait till they calm down. But honestly, when I went down there, I, I said, You know what? We're we're a powerful group of people. We really are. Um, and we have so much to add to this community. Mm -hmm. We have so much to add to this world and this culture. And like Nicole's saying, to me, it's more than music. And there's nothing wrong with music. I listen to music on my way to work. I, I love it. There's more to sports. There's more. We, we, we have you know, such greatness. You know, I know Nicole was laughing when I first met her. And I said, oh, my goodness, another black person. And it was funny to me. And I said, for me... That's what I like about being in this area because being around you guys, you just see so much um, strength, knowledge, wisdom, power, love. You know, and I, like Nicole saying, I think in our community that we don't hear enough of that. Politicians, you know, it, it really burned me up when I heard the president say, you know, whites in suburbia. I said, well, the black people don't live in suburbia? I, I live in suburbia. Okay, I thought so. You too? <laughs> Okay, and me too. So I, I, I just think that I we have allowed people. World, yeah, so I get it. Me yeah. too. Mm -hmm. And I, I, yeah, I've I've come from from the the projects. So I, yeah, I, and I can blend with both. But this to think that <laughs> you know we're we would allow someone to classify us that we don't we we're not allowed to live in those areas. Yep. You know, or we, we no. It's, or that our men why, are bums and they don't work. Yes. You know, and it's funny because when I first met y'all, you know, I'm from this area, born and raised. I moved away with the Pittsburgh for like five years, came back. Um, and when I met y'all, y'all was like, it's, oh my God, it's so many yeah. established and professional black people here. I'm like, that's just how this area is. Yeah. And you it's know, really like, you know, I'm used to that. Yeah. It's so, used so for to me, power. So when is I, what they and that's crazy because when I moved to Pittsburgh, it was like, what the? Yeah. Like, oh my God. I, I couldn't understand how the black people were there in Pittsburgh compared to living here. Yeah. Because, you know, I was like, the people here, that everybody got everybody got something. You know, like, they go-getters, everybody got nice houses and things like that. So when I went to Pittsburgh and saw how complacent the black community was, I was like, ooh, yeah, I don't it, know if make it here. It's eye-opening. <laughs> and I, I say that because, like, like black men, I, I say this. I came from a family, a big family, extended family. My dad... Mm -hmm. Uh, it's 10 of them. 
My grandparents had 10 kids, seven boys, three girls. When I was growing up, all seven boys took care, well, six because the other one lived out of town. I didn't really see him. Well, two lived out of town, but the other one, I knew he was in the Air Force. They mm -hmm. all took care of their, their wives, their mm -hmm. children. They did what they needed to do. Mm -hmm. It was great. But I had a cousin that says, you had, your dad took care of you? You had uncles that do these things? Her perspective of a man was totally different mm -hmm. from mine. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's all I know. They all worked. My granddad, mm -hmm. he was Uber before there was an Uber. So I was yeah, just like. Yeah, back then they called them jitneys. Yes. Yeah. My brother was a jitney. I first found out about them in Pittsburgh. Jitney driver. Like, yeah. Oh, my God, what is going on? Yeah, jitney. Jitney driver is what we Hacks. call them. Yeah. Hacks. I think they call them or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. He, he made his own job. So for it's this perspective that we put out there. And I think more people need and to And that's be the stuff that burned me up. Man, when when they came out with Uber and and what's the other one, Lyft, I was like, man, black people have been doing this for years. But the thing and, of and, it is that we and, don't cultivate, man, we don't cultivate again you. that generational sis, wealth sis, let me in tell each you. other to say, and I'm like, hey, go get it. And we talked about this at lunch. I'm going to tell, you something. I'm tell you something. It's crazy because, you know, I guarantee you, somebody from that culture was in a city and saw oh, yeah. that old black man in his Cadillac at the grocery store. Come on. Sitting at the grocery people, store. Yes. You need a ride with your groceries. It was like, hmm. Mm -hmm. How can I capitalize on this? Did y'all have CBs? My granddaddy had a CB. Yeah. So when they <laughs> well, called to the house. My brother was a truck driver, so. <laughs> he, we used to have it. how about it, 5822? It's just, how it's about just, it? And, you know, it's all <laughs> the, you know. It's, it just amazes me, like, some of the stuff that people come up with, and it's been out for years. And but I think like, it wow. goes back to, again, we don't cultivate a... And I, the millennials, I think, are getting it. Mm -hmm, An mm -hmm. entrepreneur spirit. We just don't. We, we want... We're afraid to take a chance. And I think even with all the Black Lives Matter, the movement, um, I think that us as a culture, we're, we're saying to politicians and to people, we're tired of people not taking a chance on us. So what Nicole was saying is we need to take a chance on ourselves. Yep. We need to teach each other, even with invest us doing in this. each other. Invest in each other, even with us doing this podcast. Like Nicole said, this came from us talking at lunch and just saying, hey, you know, like me, I'm always talking. Just she running is my always talking, y'all. <laughs> hey. Just want to let y'all know. Hey. I, think the, I think now people are getting it. I, I see now a lot of people are, because we're tired of the disrespect. Right. We're tired of being overlooked. So I think a lot of our community is doing better with supporting each other. We're starting to see people supporting black businesses. Now, oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, oh, you know, let me support your trucking company. Let me support your hauling company. You know somebody do floors? Let me go haul right. him. You know, but don't doing... overcharge me, okay? <laughs> yeah. What I will say is this, break time is over, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's time to go back to work. Yes. Better yet, it's time to go home. <laughs> <laughs> so, But I say break time is over because usually we get into these heated conversations at lunch, and then it's like, oh, we got to go back to work. Mm. So this was a great conversation, you guys. I think we could go five hours. We could probably talk about this for five weeks and still have more to talk about. But we're going to stop, and we're going to end it here today. But on our next podcast, I want people to be listening in, tuning in, because we're going to be talking about the black woman. Hmm. Is she Come angry on, or is she passionate? Come on, mm. sis. It's going to be another good, heavy topic. And we'll come back, let's see, next week. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we'll have more break room conversations. Repeat that topic again. <laughs> the black woman. Yes, ma'am. Is she angry 
or is she passionate? Come on. Come on, listen. Sis. Well, it's been fun. Yes. Our first podcast. Oh, my God. Y'all don't understand. It's been great. Yes. So I think we've got all our butterflies out. Yes. I hope people tune in and listen. Better yet, I hope people take away some of the nuggets that we tried to drop and to help. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did want to give a shout out to um, one of our co-workers who has our own business. Crystal will tell you about it. Yes, it's Kimberly Creations, and she makes some delightful desserts. If you go on my page for Facebook, you can see she has a chocolate bomb that she makes. Um, But she just makes different um, treats. She makes vegan um, just di- anything that you diabetes, anything that you <laughs> diabetes, diabetes, <laughs> diabetes. Look, they always laughing with my she little web- slang. You know, I had to ask her. She had a website or something. Or she got yes, a- I think she's in the middle of trying to create her website. Mm-hmm. But so it's called Kimberly's Confections. Confections, that's right. What I say? Creations? Kimberly's Confections. yes. She's on Instagram? She is on Instagram. Yes. So, yes, Facebook. So, yes, check her, check her out. Like uh, Crystal said, we're trying. We're going to be promoting some of our black-owned businesses. Confections. Confections. C-O-N-F-E. Yeah, you know I can't spell. Hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. How do you spell confections? Kimberly's with a K. With a K. You guys have a great night, okay? All right. Let's talk.